Hey everyone, welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Uh, Today we are in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4 reads, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, and for those dwelling in the region in the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in their boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread through all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. In today's nugget, we're going to look at Jesus's interactions with Satan here, and uh, it's something that's crazy to think about. I mean, obviously, Satan and Jesus are no strangers to each other, but uh, we have them interacting as just two normal characters would uh, in the scriptures here. And so uh, it's important to note here for Jesus, he's been uh, uh, fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, it's kind of a big deal. Um, I've never been able to fast that long. Uh, I think most of us, that's normal. Um, uh, but when I think about that, I also always think about how the fact that even when I have missed lunch, how hungry and how um, hangry even I can get, and how I'm not usually thinking straight, I make poor decisions, and I'm not able to do what I normally can do, nor am I able to function the way in which I can. But in this temptation, it is significant, as Jesus is displaying, that he will not be uh, swayed by Satan, nor the temptations of Satan. He will not sin, uh, and it's important for us to note that. Uh, but I really want to focus today on how he uses Scripture in his responses uh, to Satan. So I think that it's something that's important, and we talk about a lot memorizing Scripture so that we're ready for using that. Uh, but I think it's important to look at how Jesus uses these Scriptures uh, in his responses. And so he's got the three times he's tempted here. The first time, basically, hey, you're hungry, you've been in the wilderness for 40 days, you have the ability to do miracles, turn these uh, stones into loaves of bread. 
his response comes from Deuteronomy 8.3, uh, and he says, you know, in that time, the people were learning that they did not live just by the manna or the bread that God provided for them, but they also lived by the provision of God. Uh, and so it's not a direct quotation of Deuteronomy chapter 8.3, but what he's doing is interpreting that passage and applying it to what's going on in this situation. I think that's important for us to realize when we talk about memorizing Scripture and its uses, uh, it's not just to spout off the Scriptures, uh, but it's to apply it to our lives, it's to apply it to the things that we're in contact with, so that what we are able to do is to make right decisions, to live rightly, to honor God, to trust and obey, whatever the situation is. And so as we walk through this, it's important to realize he's applying that, he's looking at it, he's interpreting even these passages. Uh, then Satan responds with scriptures in and of himself. He goes to Psalm 91, uh, where it's talking about providing for the Lord's anointed, those different things that he says there, but he's twisting what the reality is of what that is focused on. And Jesus' response is about testing the Lord. So he realizes he's not to put them to the test. He goes to Deuteronomy 6.16 as he focuses on the fact that the wilderness generation tested the Lord as they were not supposed to. Uh, and so once again, it's not a direct quotation of what's there. He's applying the truth of what the Israelite generation learned to his own life and what Satan is trying to do would be doing the same thing. Uh, then finally, he's taken up and he's given the opportunity to have all of these kingdoms, everything that the light touches. I kind of see this as almost like the Simba and the Lion King moment. Uh, he goes up, everything that you can see here, this could be yours. Um, and so as he thinks through that, uh, obviously Jesus knows that at one point in time, all of this is going to be given back to himself. So what he's really being offered is the ability to skip all of the hard things that are coming and to have these uh, to be given back to him. And so, number one, it is kind of important to notice that um, Satan has these kingdoms to offer up into him. Uh, Satan has been given dominion over the earth for a period of time. The Lord is allowing him to do uh, these things that he's wanting to do. Uh, but God's plan is still at work. His plan for redemption, his plan for all of what history and creation and our world is there for. Um, but he, Jesus is given an opportunity to skip over the hard part, to skip over dying on the cross, to suffering, all these other things, to take that. But his response, once again, rooted in Scripture, is that he's only to worship the Lord. He's not going to worship Satan. He's not going to do that. Deuteronomy 6.13, Deuteronomy 10.20, two other places where he's pulled in this truth about what the people of God were taught, how that applies to his life, and he's using that to fight the temptation, to remind himself of the truth, to remind himself of what God has called him to do. And so it's my prayer that as we think about that today, that we realize the importance of understanding Scripture in addition to memorizing it so that we can apply it to our lives, so that we can use it when temptations come or when we're discouraged or when we're looking for uh, hope, when we're looking for faith, when we're looking for truth in a world that's not uh, providing those things for us. Uh, another just interesting thing, it's not necessarily a question or a person to talk to about this, but uh, even as I was just reading it today, my my thought and my first thought of, hey, what's going on here with the Zebedee brother's father? You know, I've read this passage through many times. I've never really focused on him, but the brothers go and they leave their dad. Uh, so I don't know if we can ever find out what their dad was thinking or what that worked through uh, because there's not really a ton written about that. Um, but it does lead me to question, what was it 
that the brothers had and saw that the father did not, so that they weren't willing to follow. And so, as always, come up with a question of your own, look into it, ask some people about it maybe, find another way that you can talk about this passage with somebody, either encouraging them with what's there, challenging them, asking questions about it. Find a way to interact with God's Word with other people today. And as always, know you are loved. You are loved.